said, I, I, you might be less cynical. What is up, everybody, and welcome into the Keeping It 1000 podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Adam Mattis, and I'm joined by the Hall of Famer, George Carl, soon-to-be Hall of Famer, George Carl. Uh, Coach, congratulations. Thank you, Adam. Uh, it was a good week last week, a very good <laughs> week in many, many ways, but uh, yeah, I got the call, I got got to go to Vegas, got to go, I mean, go to New Orleans, got to go see Carolina beat Duke, a lot <laughs> of good stuff happened, and then, of course, the honor and meeting the, the class, yeah. uh, being around Dale Harris and a few other, co- Coach Williams was there, Um it's really, it really, it's really done really well. I think Jerry Colangelo has done a great job with the combination of USA Basketball and the Hall of Fame. Right. I think Colangelo has expanded his legacy a little bit in sport. Right. And I, and I think in a very positive way. Right. Um, take me back to it then. So you, I know you said you might find out a little bit before. Just who was with you? What was it like to get the call? Who's the one telling you? How how did it go? Well, they tell you that you should receive a call on Monday or Tuesday the week before okay. uh, the Final Four. Uh, and I think I received mine very early, I think on Monday morning. Uh, I actually missed the call somehow on my phone. But I called him back real quick, and he brought he gave me to do that. And the gentleman was, was uh, I guess, announcing it to us was the... I think the CEO of Naismith. Uh, gotcha. I don't know his last name. I think his first name is John something. Okay. Who and who was with you for this? Were you? I mean, you weren't home alone, were you? I was home alone. <laughs> yeah. My dogs. <laughs> uh, but you know, and then we had to arrange the trip right, to New Orleans, right. yeah. which was not the easiest thing in the world. Uh, uh, but we got down there, and they, I guess, they give you a ring. They give you a sport coat. Uh, they had a couple of jerseys. They had some memorabilia to sign, and then you met the class. You know the class, right. the class of '22, and you know Del Harris is in that class. Bobby Huggins is in that class. Uh, three, three women basketball coaches, I think, are pretty cool that are in that class. Uh, Manu and Timmy Hardaway are right. in the class. Uh, Swim Cash is in the and. and <clears throat> Swim actually grew up in Pittsburgh. Oh, really? He, she Pittsburgh lived, connection. She, she lives about ten minutes from my hometown, and uh, so it was fun getting to know her a little bit. Yeah, where did it rank for you amongst you know your career accomplishments and awards and and just moments? I mean, is this number one? I mean, it's kind of a culminating capstone to it all. Well, the one the one thing I recall or the recollection I have. As you know, my whole dream is always to win the NBA championship. Right. And I've, I, I've failed in that conquest. Um, and there have been many na- days after seasons when we lose that, you know, you, you spend some, mi- some, some mind, mind space on, you know, what is a, what is a really good goal? And for mo- most of my career, I've always been – Somewhat content if I was delivering a product of excellence, right? A product of improvement, a product of getting a little better every year by year. 
And to be honest with you, I think I, 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 got, I got into a, a satisfaction of if I did that, in my mind, you know, you're never going to be able to meet the expectations of the fan base and of management. Uh, you got to have a realistic fan base for yourself, and I think I've had that. But I think, I think getting in the Hall of Fame is above winning an NBA title, <laughs> in a way. Yeah. Um, if you had to ask me, I'd probably want both. If I had to have one and not the other, being a lifer, I probably think the Hall of Fame is a little bit above. That's the thing for you is that your basketball, your relationship to basketball weaves with North Carolina, obviously one of the all-time right. college teams. It weaves to the ABA. It weaves to the NBA as a you know, player and coach. It weaves to each conference. It just weaves in and out of so many different parts of it. So. I, I honestly could understand you could have said either one, you know, championship, Hall of Fame, how you weigh them. But I think one of the interesting things about you in your career is you've been along for the ride of the NBA for a majority of it. Honestly, more than 75 right. years. How many years was it that you've been in, in some capacity, even just tangentially related? I have that. Yeah. yeah. So it's pretty incredible. And, and the other thing is uh, when I go back to Carolina, my name is not, my number is not retired. And my name, you know, my team isn't hanging in the rafters in, in Chapel Hill, but not my name. Right. And they do have a banner for Naismith Hall of Famers. Oh, really? So there so, you go. So, so I, get to, I get to hang. And, when will and, that go up? I don't know. I don't. I, <laughs> yeah. I whispered that to Roy and he yeah. didn't tell me anything, but I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> it goes up. That's pretty exciting, man. That's pretty cool. And speaking of Carolina, huge weekend for them as well. You kind of got the double whammy. Almost pulled off the national title, too, which maybe would have been the full cherry. But um, beating Duke in the Final Four, just kind of walk me through through that one for you. Well, what's funny, I, I saw Roy the night before the game, and he was really confident. Really? Uh, I wasn't that confident. Uh, but I thought, you know, in big games like that, uh, the the underdog, which I think Carolina was still the underdog. Yeah, they were. If they can show that there's they're they're equal or better than the game, the, the pressure of the game falls on the the team that's supposed to win the game. And I thought that's what happened. Love played really didn't play great for the whole game, but you know, in the in the end of the game, he was really good. Yeah, and. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, I thought Hubert did a great job of cutting his rotation, playing about a six-man rotation. Yeah, it's all he plays, man. He doesn't play anybody. And it worked. It, yeah. And it takes courage to do that. Yeah, it does. It takes courage. A young coach doesn't usually have that courage. Yeah. Uh, and I thought he did a great job there. Yeah. Uh, of just saying, hey. And when, when you short the ro shorten the rotation, you can be more demanding of those guys. Yeah. You can tell them, okay, you're gonna play all, you're gonna play as many minutes as you can play. Right. But now you gotta do what I want to. So I think it. I don't know when he settled in on that, but it wasn't until I think maybe January or February where he went to a smaller rotation. Yeah, it might have cost him too in the title game because I do think that was part of the story. Is they're only, as you mentioned, really five guys they trust, but six guys they really trust, and. Eventually, they ended up giving up that big lead, and I think it might have just been like you keep going deeper and deeper. These guys are playing more and more minutes against tougher and tougher competitions, and 
they just didn't quite have the horses. But it was a good national title game. It was a good Final Four. It was really a good tournament all the way through. I mean, the March Madness delivered, I thought, this year. Well, um, I thought it was really interesting um, not really having a favorite. I mean, I know. Right. I mean, I don't think anyone could have predicted uh, the number of upsets in, you know, St. Peter's. Where the hell did that come from? And, and, you know, Carolina got benefited a little bit. They got in a bracket that gave them some maybe easier games. Mm. But um, I, I don't, you know, the, the parody of the NBA, the NCAA this year, I thought was really, it was a, it was a, I think a Final Four that you could have listed maybe 12 guys that could have won that championship. Yeah, yeah. That is part of what makes it so fun. I think there's parody this year. We've been talking, George and I, when we chat before and after these shows, I like, I, they, I hate the NBA, but I also love the NBA. I have a love-hate relationship with it where it's, very, it's a lot of extremes. But one of the things about this year is I actually think it is an interesting year in that there, the, there is a lot of parody to me. I could name... I mean, there's the favorites. Let's don't kid ourselves. Like the Bucks, the Suns. You know, there's teams that I think are better than the rest. But there's a lot of parity. There's just a lot of, and and I like that. And I think there's a lot of experimentation this year. I actually think there's a lot of teams that are trying things that are very weird and different, and probably things that will catch on with other teams for years to come. So we're in this interesting to me, this interesting point. You kind of feel differently. You're you almost seem a little down on the NBA right now, and in this year in particular. Well, the word you use that I want to jump all over is experimentation. Yeah. I mean, there is tremendously more experimentation going on in an NBA season now than ever before. <clears throat> because of that, I think we have a lot of bad basketball games. I uh, think we have a lot of games that, you know, if you're watching, you're looking at it and saying, this game's over. I mean, it might be 15, it might be 10, it might be... But this, I mean... This game's over, and I I I I got that feeling too much this year. Mm. I just got too many games where, you know, Charlotte isn't playing this guy and that guy, and they're playing Boston, and I'm going, well, Boston can sleepwalk right. and win this game. They're a really good team, though. They're one of very few. But there are. I just think like Toronto is an interesting team. Some of the stuff they did. I thought Chicago before they got injured was an interesting team i honestly think the nuggets i just did a big article on Jokic, um which people by the way members can check out on the dnvr.com a uh, bunch of clips i've been compiling over the last couple weeks on Jokic and some of the things that he's doing differently this year i think Jokic was really interesting this year he's always been versatile and this or that but he's added things to his game out of necessity this year they put him in point guard roles even more so than they have in years past just because i think out of necessity they've had to do it <laughs> um, but to me, so I, this year I just think it's been interesting. And maybe experimentation, it's funny. Maybe when a, a new style first arrives on the scene, maybe it is sloppy. But it's one of those things where I look at how has Toronto been able to defend an offensive rebound the way that they have without a true big. It's interesting. Has it been sloppy? Maybe. But I think other teams are going to learn from that as you go forward. And that's part what I get excited about as I go, they're unlocking something everyone's going to start to steal from. Well, I think the big man is, is the guy that's losing the influence in the game. And, I mean, Scotty Barnes is, was a, I think, a unique pick. Yeah. But I think it's proven to be a, a damn good pick. I love him. I yeah. love his game. 
And he, I mean, he's a young kid that hasn't even evolved like he's going to evolve. And he's really young. I think he's twenty or nineteen. I mean, he's, he's growing up right in front of us yeah. right now. And the playoffs, I think, will be him. Yeah. I don't think well. I don't think he'll have a dominating performance, but I bet you he has one or two yeah. good performances. I agree. Um, I want to get into everybody. I get this question all the time. Andre Iguodala became sort of an enemy to Nuggets fans. People really didn't like him. Uh, and here's the stories I've heard, and I want to hear it from your, from your perspective. I've heard, you know, that series, 2013, of course, Nuggets, Warriors, six versus three. Nuggets were the three at that one. Lost Gallo, so, there, you know, that going on. And the Warriors hadn't fully broken out. Steph Curry hadn't fully broken out as a superstar. Still kind of, this was a series that kind of made it happen. But that Andre Iguodala was maybe um, unwilling to really get physical with, with Steph Curry, which, by the way, we're here we are a decade later. That's kind of the book on Steph Curry. You can't let him, you have, to get, you have to make it physical for him. You can't let him get full head of speed off of these. You have to get into him. You have to get physical. Maybe he wasn't so willing to do that, you know, hanging out with the guys in between games, you know, even though we're in the middle of a series, he's, he's, he's kind of buddy-buddy there. And maybe, just maybe, wasn't totally dialed into that series to help Denver give a chance. What's your perspective on that series and that aspect of it in particular? I think his ang- his actions in that series were difficult for some of the players and some of the coaches to tolerate. Uh, mm. I-, I think he was messing with the game a little bit. Now, what does that mean? I don't know. I have no proof other than I think he had a close connection with Mark Jackson and maybe a few other guys on the team. And with knowing Draymond now, but we didn't know him then. Right. I could see Draymond putting an arm around Iguodala and maybe going to dinner with Iguodala. I I can see that. Buttering him up a little. You know. And uh, but the thing that doesn't match up, Iguodala played well in that series. Right. He played very well, and I could never question his his play. Uh, I think he was doing what we were asking him to do. He never seem unreachable or uncoachable at all but his actions at time were very detrimental i think to the energy of our locker room what was the energy of the locker room in that series <clears throat> well I, th- I don't know if i ever told the story i guess we thought we lost the game when david lee went down right and we, we were banged really? up. Really? We were banged up. Yeah. But our whole scouting purpose in going into that series was we're going to make David Lee beat us. He was a really good offensive player. Not good, but not a three-point shooter. Right. A good offensive player, but we felt our, our rotations could get to him to where we could at least get – a sensible read on how we're going to win or, or try to win and lose the game. And I think Lee, Lee gets hurt in the first game. It was early. I know it's the first half. And we, we win from game one. And as the game goes on, it seems like Golden State's going, it looks like they're going to be with us. And then, and then when we know in game two, they come out and they play fast. They played really fast. Game one was, I think, under a 100-point game. And game two was like a 120-point game. And as a coaching staff, we realized that they, by putting Harrison Barnes in the game, 
they were as athletic or more athletic mm. than we were. Right. And so our option as a coaching staff was to go maybe play a power game and go inside more. And I didn't want to do that. I didn't yeah. think we were any good at that. Something we never did all year long. Right. And I didn't want to make that drastic of a, a personality change in our team. Right. And I still think that was a, a damn good series. And whatever Ty Lawson was, I don't think Ty was 100%. Right. I thought he played damn well for what he, what his physical abilities were. And people forget that Fareed missed, I think, two games. Maybe one, maybe. I can't I, remember, but yeah, he missed. He missed a couple the games. The first one, yeah. First, yeah. first games. And Fareed gave us those extra possessions and right. those extra points that I know are taking out in a playoff game in some form. But a wild card in, in a, getting a great offensive rebounding game wins, wins playoff series, right. too. So uh, I thought it was a combination of a lot of crazy stuff. Yeah. motivated in that. and then of course the firing that came later was even funny even more funny no? <laughs> it was an abrupt end to an era for sure yeah, for, yeah. for an era by the way i should have mentioned when we were talking about the hall of fame thing the nuggets did send out a nice tweet which i you know i was very excited to see kind of a congratulations congratulations and i hope my hope is that sometime in the near future there'll be some kind of ceremony at ball arena hope you know hopefully next season um, when is the when is the Hall of Fame? It's over the it's July, isn't it? September 10th. September. So it's before the season. So my hope is that right. some point the Nuggets organization and Denver as a city get will be able to get together and sort of celebrate that. My, maybe it's uh 2023, maybe a a decade night, you know, to to remember the the coach of the year uh season and the the record setting season. Should I not hold my breath? Or what do you think? Give me the betting odds on that one. <laughs> they're, 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 I could get really good value right now if I place that bet. But you know what? Who knows? We're gonna we're gonna try anyway. Um, let's get into this series. We're gonna spend some time here talking about this one coming up. Nuggets, uh, Nuggets, Warriors. First of all, the Nuggets. By the end of the year, <laughs> I just thought what Jokic did over the last couple weeks of the season. He was great all year. I thought he played some of his best games over the last, I don't know, seven, eight or so. I think he went to a whole new level just in terms of he started playing playoff gear, you know, where he's great all year, pushed it into, hey, I know they need even a little bit more to get the wins. I mean, kind of, what did you think of him down the stretch? Well, I'm, I'm not even going to give you seven games. I think his last 25 games. <laughs> I mean, wasn't he getting like five to ten triple doubles? Got a Every lot. month. Um, and I, I saw what he was doing. Offensively, he was taking more responsibility for the game at, in the last six or seven. I think that's what you're talking about. But my feeling is someone else is going to have to help him win some games. Yeah. We can't expect Jokic to win all four. Right. And I think the asset is... I think Denver's going to have the best player on the court. Yeah. A lot of the series. Yeah, I, I agree. But I think Golden State has more players that can have a winning playoff game, yeah, especially with Clay back, Draymond back, all the guys that we know are stars. Steph, if he, when he plays, if he's going to play. I don't know when he'll play, but he's going to play. Um, 
So they have more of a, a team concept of how to win four games. As we're right now, I think Jokic can win two, maybe two and a half. Really? I don't even that's tough. I great, mean, great players don't win four games. I know. You really, there's, yeah. There's got to be another winner, another win and a half in right. there that comes from something else. Right. And I don't think anybody, after watching this team play all year, unless Murray would come back and play at a high, high level, we don't know who that guy's going to be. And by the way, I know Aaron Gordon played well right. down the stretch. But, you know, to be honest with you, Aaron Gordon, I think, is defendable if he's going to be a priority in the right, game report. Right. If he's like the number two guy, right. you could probably stop him. And if he's the number I'm, four guy, you know, you have too many other things you're thinking exactly. about, he's going to slip through the cracks. Um, and sometimes the, the way you win another game is sometimes guy gives you a hell of a half and then another guy gives you another hell of a half. Right, yep. But understand that the home, the home winning one of the first two games is what history says you got to do. Right. You got to do that. They got to get a split in Golden you gotta State. You got to get a split. Now, can it be done down 2-0? Yeah. But history says this, this, this series isn't going to be won by – by going down 2-0. I think it's compounded by the fact that Steph Curry has been out of the lineup for so long. And here's the crazy thing. Draymond, Steph, and Clay Thompson, 11 minutes together this year. They haven't played together. I think there's reason to believe they're going to be better in games 5, 6, and 7 than they are going to be in game 1. Yes, they have years of playing together, but it's been a long time. And you probably, if you have a hobbled Steph and you have a team that hasn't played together all season, you the early games... You know, you have a chance there because they haven't quite got their chemistry, as well as the doubt. So, to me, I do think game one's extremely important. But to your point, the split, to me, I'll go ahead and say I think it's a must. I think you have to split in the in those first two games to get it done. I, I think if, if we if we don't split, it's going it could be a short series. Yeah. Um, Michael Malone today. By the way, the statuses remain the same on Jamal Murray. He was at practice today. He had a headband on. He had some sweat going. I mean, I. He participated in parts of the practice today, but it didn't sound like a lot. I, as with everything with Jamal Murray, we're all reading the tea leaves and getting these reports from here or there. What I will say is that he it was said he participated in parts of practice today, um, but when Jokic was asked about how much, you know, what he noticed from Jamal, he said, "I'm only focused on the things that we're doing." So I didn't really notice Jamal, which makes me think Jamal wasn't involved in the things Jokic was doing, which tells me he's probably not practicing right. uh, with the team in a meaningful capacity. So take that for what you will. That's my interpretation of all of the veiled reports that come well, out of the Nuggets. Well, tell me why everybody's doing this. Why, why doesn't why people is just... everybody playing a game with injuries? Would you, were you this way? Or do no. you, just come out, you would come out and say, hey, so-and-so, they're not ready. They're not playing for a while. I mean, I... I is I'm this true? Sure. I mean, I... Mean, I I never was hiding anything, <laughs> but we're. I mean, I mean, Denver's not the only team. It's everybody. I'm everybody. telling you, every. You said you weren't hiding anything. Everybody's hiding everything. Right. And Why? I don't understand it. Yeah. Why? Is there an advantage that we're gaining that? Okay, the 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 talent of all coaching staffs are prepared for ten different things that could happen. We over prepare no, for the playoffs. Yeah. You think? Oh yeah, we. I mean, they're not that complicated. You think the very scenario, but it really is like not, you no, know what's. No, I mean, Denver's offense isn't complicated. Now, now when Jamal comes back, it probably becomes better. 
But I'm not sure they're going to throw in five new plays when Jamal right, comes back. Right. I I think that public relations, and I'm not talking about Nuggets. I'm talking about general NBA sports public relations have swung too far in the other direction in an effort to protect. Like, oh, what is what are people saying online, and what are the reporters saying, and this or that? We gotta we gotta squash this story. And I think they've done it so much that it now. It's created a new way of talking and you know reporting it, on the game. That hurts. That you know hurts. what it looks like? It looks like our politicians in Washington, D.C. lying does. to us. And just not saying. And, and laughing yeah. as they do it. And I don't think it's a good look at all. I think it's slimy. It's slippery. It's, you know, it's, it's like dishonest right in front of us. I don't think, with regards to Jamal Murray, because I agree with you. I mean, there's something about it that, again, I don't come from a reporter's background, so I come, I come into this and, I, and I'm observing it, and I'm, my thoughts are always like, is this really the way it's done, that we just never give an update on a player like Jamal, a meaningful um, update? I think, though everybody kind of knows now, one of the reasons there hasn't been a definitive update is because I don't think anybody knows. I think a lot of this rests on the shoulders of the player, in this case Jamal, and a lot of it is just on the, you'll know when you're ready. Let us know, are you ready? Are you ready today? No. Okay. Do you think you'll be ready next week? I don't know. So I think that's why the reports are so slow to trickle out and they're so ambiguous as it's a lot of, hey, Michael Malone today said um, I, it, it, that he is, would be called doubtful for the series. Jamal would be doubtful for the series, but that he is not ruled out. He's not closing the door on a potential of him to return. I take him at face value for that specific thing. I think it is unlikely that he plays obviously on Saturday, but at any point in the series, but not completely uh, impossible. And I know that's frustrating for fans, but that's my my read on where we are here. Um, do you th- personally bringing a player like Jamal back in not in game one, but in a different game? Is that can you do that? Can you bring your second best player back from a year off in the middle of a series? I, I think you can bring him back in game three. You know, I could see the, a strategy of seeing how we do in game one and two. Give them another, what, three, four, five days? I think it's actually almost a week. They play on Friday of next week, so. Yeah, and that, they always they always like to stretch out the first couple games. Yeah. Um, so I could see that. And then playing at home would be, uh, there's an adrenaline there that right. could be powerful and helpful. Right. Um, I think. I think announcing it to the fans would make it definitely a sellout. And I don't know if I would expect it to be a sellout, but sometimes those first-round games have a little more difficult selling out. Yeah, so I'm, I'm looking at game three is the I last game. If he game? plays and he's not going to play game one, there's a little strategy to game three. Okay. What about so after that? Would you just say, all right, we're starting to get into the late part of the series? I mean, unless you're up 3-0 somehow, maybe you bring him back in a game four, but... I mean, I think you can... I'm looking at Jamal as a bench player, as a fire plug off, uh, you know, a a spurt off the bench guy. I think Malone's done that all year long at a very... I mean, different personalities, different type of players. I I think he's done that really well this year for him. So, yeah. I, I don't think he's going to play 35 minutes. I think he's going to be on the limit. Oh, of course, yeah. A minute limitation, probably in the vicinity of 20. Maybe he plays five, ten, six minutes in the first quarter, and then the second, you see our second, first half, and then second half, maybe you bring him back, and if he plays 10, 11 minutes, 
and you, and at the close, he played so well. Maybe you feel it gives you a bump, then you close another four or five minutes, gets up to fifteen, exactly. sixteen. But yeah. that's kind of it. Why don't we hit a break? I again, I think it's doubtful. I just take Malone on his word at this one. I think it's possible, but doubtful. That's that's just how what I would a, categorize what about it. Michael Porter. I think he is way more doubtful. Um, Where did I, I'm, two months ago, I thought he was ready to play. He was had a set. I know of at least one setback that he faced that sort of stunted everything. Um, but seeing him today. He was also at practice, not participating even in the end of p- practice scrum. You know, everybody bring it in. He was getting some treatment and this or that. And just, I, again, we're reading tea leaves here, but I just don't think he looked very healthy to me. He looked to me like somebody that was not uh, on the cusp of coming back, which is very different from what I saw four weeks ago when I watched him work out and thought, this guy's ready to go. But um, so something, I don't know what, team won't say anything, but something happened. Let's hit a break. On the other side, we're going to continue to get into the series, including the Jokic versus Draymond battle, which Michael Malone today said he expects to be both teams' closing lineup. Draymond at the five, Jokic at the five. We'll talk about what the strategy is there. But first, our presenting and only sponsor for this show is DraftKings Sportsbook. The NBA playoffs mean next-level basketball. I believe that. It does mean next-level. I watched the play-in games last night. I thought that was a level up from what we'd seen. I loved it. Um, get ready for all the action by betting on the play-in. There's still three days of play-in left. On DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You clinch a, uh, a win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on NBA hoops with same-game parlays where you combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, each day of the play-in, you get a risk-free bet up to $10 if you use the same-game parlay if it doesn't hit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use promo code DNVR. Bet $5 to win that $150 in free bets. That's promo code DNVR. Don't forget that part. Very important. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Um, did you watch the play-ins last night? Yes, I did. I loved them. I thought they were great, especially that second one. I thought that second one, uh, yeah. the skill level, the execution, whatever, but the intensity and just sort of the will of all four teams that competed, I thought was fantastic. Um, I'm, the first game I thought was kind of, I thought Brooklyn ha- had a way of letting them back in the game, which they do quite frequently in the play they play with the game a little bit. They're one of the worst defenses I've ever seen. They're always, they could be up 20. I still feel like the game's not over. Well, that, that's another thing about today's game. I mean, how many 25-point leads are we blowing in the NBA these days? So, um, no, I thought the second game was big time. It was a young team in Minnesota, you know, showing a lot of immaturity at times. And Beverly is a weird cat, but a good player to have on your team. You've got to love him. Uh, and, and in a lot of ways, he won that game for him. In a lot of a ways. A lot of ways. I mean, for sure he did. Yeah. And, 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 and to get the big guy have a bad game and get, you know, foul out, it looked like the game was going to go Clippers. And uh, I thought the courage of Edwards showed. I thought uh, the point guard played really well. And uh, the celebration afterward was a joke, though. I mean, that that was you way, thought that was way too much. Oh man, no fun, George is here. No fun, George. What's going on? Hey, this is a team that's made the playoffs once in twenty years. That's true. 
Okay. Once in 20 years, because I'm with you in that. I laughed out loud when he took his jersey off and threw it in the crowd. Beverly he jumped was up. A little out of control. Oh, he was out of control, completely out of control. But here's and then my, Charles and Kenny. They clowned him. Oh, <laughs> they played the "We Are the Champions." I, but you know, here's the thing. I felt two things at once. One, happy for them. Like I like. I don't think we celebrate sports enough. It's always championship or bust. And look, championship is the ultimate goal. We talked about that earlier. Like it should be. But I don't. I'm not one of these guys that thinks you can't can't celebrate little victories around the way. I think you can celebrate every little step. This is a team that needed to make it over the hump, was at risk of not making it over the hump, and their whole season kind of feeling like a failure. And instead, they achieved their goal of making the playoffs. Celebrate, go crazy, and at the same time, guys like you and me, guys like the TNT crew, they can kind of have a laugh about how ridiculous it was at the. I think both things are fine. And then Charles picking the win, beat Memphis. I mean, come on, man, come on. I'm excited for that series, but come on. Um, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was a great moment. And it, the thing when I was watching the game last night, it was a reminder that, hey, playoffs are different. That, that's what I, You're watching the intensity of that. And we just saw Minnesota in a game that we all said was going to be playoff atmosphere. And it was, you know, it was an intense game, Nuggets-Timberwolves. But that play-in game was a whole other level up, I thought, in terms of just the, the tension that both teams were playing with. And it reminds you, oh, yeah, there's a lot of tension in playoffs. And... Some guys are ready for it and step up for it, and some guys don't. Uh, I thought Carl Anthony Towns, you're right, he had a bad game, but I also thought he got rattled. And that, that was really what happened, is he was rattled in that game. He played a very immature game with foul, the foul yeah. trouble. was like, wow, come on, man, you're acting like a rookie. Official gave him two chances at that fifth foul. He gets one offensive foul, then the ref lets it go. Then he gets another one, and the ref's like, hey, what am I supposed to do? I'm trying to help. Yeah. There's no question they knew that he had five. <laughs> they definitely knew he had. They let him earn it. All right, back to the series with the Nuggets. Today, Michael Malone said he expects that the – I asked how much do you think they'll play Draymond at the five. I mean, Draymond's been a great small ball five, death lineup. This is how Golden State's won championships. Jokic is different. He, he punishes guys when they try to play. There's a lot of small ball bigs that Jokic um, dominates. Can Jokic dominate Draymond Green in a way that takes away their best punch, which is Draymond at the five, or do you think Draymond is going to render Jokic on the other end of the court, meaning now Jokic's going to have to run around chasing everybody around? Where do you see the advantage in that specific matchup? Well, I, I got a, a counter to your thought. I, I think Jokic can dominate, yes. But can you win with him dominating? Can you win with him touching the ball all the time and not letting the flow and rhythm of the game happen? I don't want to give the flow and rhythm of the game to Golden State. So I think I want him to dominate, but still play like he's doing, you know, being a, being the point guard on the team. Right. And um, I think you need him to have a good facilitating game as much as a dominating basketball game. Because we got to find that extra guy. They got, we got to find that Aaron Gordon game where we got to find that you know, three-point shoot, a game where we shoot better than they do right? type of game. And I know that's kind of crazy to say, but if Steph, does, Steph doesn't play, I think Denver can shoot with them. Mm. I wouldn't recommend trying to win the game that way. Right. But I think Steph makes them over, over the top as a much better shooting team than we are. So I think, you know, you got to find flow. you got to find rhythm to your offense. 
And if we go down to the low block all the time, that is a, for a better phrase, anti-flow basketball. It also allows the defense to sit a little. Even if you're cutting through, the defense still gets a little bit of a relax just because you have to throw it in, you have to clear the side, you have to do things that allow them to relax. But I think one of the things about the Nuggets is they've gone away from that post game this year, especially to our point over the last 25 games, really since Janu- mid-January. They've been using Jokic more and more, even against an advantage, a size advantage. They've used him more and more at the elbow or a- as the ball handler or even as a cutter cut a running into the ball. A roller to the basket. I think he's gotten better at that. He, that, that. That becomes your quarterback with an advantage. Right. And, the great thing about Jokic is he's a great passer, but he he knows advantages and he does, he makes it look easy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, what about the other end? I think the Warriors are going to put when they, especially when Draymond's the center. I just think they're going to put him in every pick and roll they can and try to make him guard two, three per <clears> possession. <throat> and I I wonder what that effect that is going to have on Jokic's fatigue level because they know the Nuggets need him so much on offense. If you make him run all over the place on defense, that takes something away there. Well, I don't know the matchups as much. I haven't studied the, the, the X and O's of it. I don't know if Jokic has to play Draymond, though. Is there a guy we can put him on? Well, Kevon Looney will be the starter. He's right. their center. But I just think they're going to go to the small lineup right. a lot. And then at that point, you're talking about Andrew Wiggins. I don't think so. Clay Thompson, I don't think so. Jordan Poole, I don't think so. And obviously, Steph Curry. So I don't know if you can... Hide him. You might be able to take the pulse of the game, the guy that's not engaged in the mm-hmm. game, rather than making that decision now. But they're, they, you know, they have a lot of offense, good players. I don't think they're going to go after Jokic and go away from Steph. I don't think they're going to go after Jokic and go away from their A, their right. A and B game. They might go after Jokic if they have to get to C, but. Um, <clears throat> I would I would try to keep Draymond, Jokic off of Draymond as much as possible until the fourth quarter. Yeah, um, I do think Jokic can have a monster series in this one. I, I mean, I just think he can have some really good numbers. I, but to your point, one player wins you maybe two games in a series, not three or four, and, mm. and so we'll see. So, who are some of the other guys that are X factors for Denver? To you, that you look at and say they have to play better than what we expect them to do. Well. <clears throat> I go to the veteran guys first. Aaron Gordon, probably Rivers. I think Rivers. Rivers no, a good one. Rivers could give you a wild card. He could give you a wild card. I think performance both offensively and defensively. Uh, <clears throat> I know we're all hoping for Bones, but uh, I'm not sure of that one. Do you think he has a bad series? <sighs> Warriors are a smart team. You got to be smart. You got to be locked in mentally to guard them. I mean, I think you know you got you got to be thinking a little bit on Monte Morris, a guy that's had a good year, but it's just a different intensity to the preparation. You're not going to have this free flowing game. Uh, every play, every every circumstance is somewhat scripted, yeah, and somewhat controlled, and. Um, the one thing I do think is I've always felt confident that Denver could win this series. 
And the reason I felt that over the last couple months is Golden State has lost its defensive identity. You think? I really do. Now, Iguodala hasn't played a lot. Now he's back. Draymond hasn't played a lot. Now he's back. Hmm. So maybe I'm missing it. But, you know, even... You know, even last couple games, Golden State has not played. Last couple for sure. Um, I think they are the number two defense overall. And to your point, Draymond is such a big part. I mean, he's them without Draymond, they're not a great defensive team. Them with Draymond, though, he's one of the. To me, he's one of the best defensive players I've ever watched. He's on a short list for me. I'm, I can't. I can't. I, I. I'll give you that. Yeah. Uh, but it's his basketball IQ as much as his defensive physicality. Oh, for sure. You know, he knows what you're doing. He knows what you're trying to do, and he tries to mess it up. Yeah. Um, but my confidence is I think, I think we can score against him. Interesting. Interesting. To me, that'll be such a big part of this because I don't think Denver can stop them very much, even if they play the best defense of the year. I think Golden State is still going to get free. That's what they do. You almost have to be psychologically uh, resilient because they're going to make t- shots that you force them to take, and that's just who they are. You can't break. You can't go away from who you are there. I want to go back, Austin Rivers. So Denver's starting lineup is Monte Morris, Will Barton, Jeff Green, Aaron Gordon, and Jokic. Right. Is there a chance they go away from that starting lineup at some point in this and maybe try to put an Austin Rivers on the court to give them an extra defender on their scores? I would probably say no because the guy I think has to sit down is Will Barton, and I don't think Malone. I think Malone has a lot of respect for Barton, and he's kind of catered to his desire to be a starter, and to do and to take him out of that now in a playoff series, I think would be could create. A, I, I think you're just going to see Rivers in the game pretty quick, and Rivers' minutes are going to be spent on Thompson and or Curry. Yeah, and and I think probably more on Curry than Thompson. Yeah. And I think Barton can he give you a wild card game? Yeah, I think Barton has nights where he's making his his shots. I I don't know if he can give you a whole game, but I think he can give you halves. But do you think it's more offensive for him, or it's more about the defensive guarding Clay or whoever it is he gets assigned to? I think you got. <clears throat> I think to win this series, you got to be a good at both ends of the court. Yeah. You cannot be just an offensive team. You got to be both. You got to. You got to have some defensive instincts that help you win basketball games. Yeah, yeah. Um, Bones Highland, we'll just go back to him real quick. What do you, if you're coaching him, how do you approach this rookie? Had a good year, but now it's to your point. It's going to be different now. How do you how do you prepare him for this? I mean, I, Malone has more courage than I have. I mean, I, I thought, I mean, everybody said I don't play rookies. I don't play crazy rookies. This guy's <laughs> kind of crazy. Bones is kind of crazy? Oh, he's a little wild. You a little know? wild. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> I think from the script I see, he trusts Bones, and he's going to play. Right. I don't know if he's going to play big minutes, but I think he's going to give him, you know, a, a stretch in the first half. And a stretch in the second half to have an impact on the game. Right. And it, it, can that have a bad effect on a rookie if it's usually you play seven minutes, but tonight you you had a bad two minute stretch, you're yanked. I right. mean, is that, or is that just, hey, we have that conversation before we go in? 
Don't take it personal. This is the playoffs. Right. It's you'll have another chance, but just know. Well, I think you do that with your top seven or eight guys. I don't think you need to do that with guys that are going to play ten minutes. But you know, both Jeff Green and Joe Michael Green, can they give you a? I mean, yeah. it's a puzzle. It's going to have to be put together by what is going on in the game at that moment. And that game doesn't mean it's going to be the same as the next game. Yeah. It's going to change. It's going to move around. Yeah. And I think Malone has got to be ready for it. Yeah. Um, DeMarcus Cousins in this series, I mean, backup centers. Usually the NBA, as you get to the playoffs, you play fewer and fewer bigs. Golden State especially doesn't have – a lot of depth at their front court, you know. So I'm wondering, what role does he play in this one? Jokic, you got to play him, and we got to win that battle to size. But Demarcus Cousins, does he have to beat their small ball lineup, or are you more worried about him getting exposed defensively? I'm worried about the three ball, and yeah. so with Demarcus on the court, the two things that Demarcus can fall asleep at is transition defense and and picking up the three ball. So I worry a little bit in that area, but. DeMarcus can give you a, a three ball, too. So I uh, I think he's going to play similar minutes that he's been playing most of the year. And you have the insurance that if, uh, you know, Jokic does get into foul trouble somewhere along the way, you can expand his minutes with some confidence. Right, right. Um, just what's your, what's your feeling going into the series? What's your prediction? <clears throat> Steph... Uh, I, I kind of been disappointed with the, the radio stations in town kind of saying that Denver has no chance. I kind of feel Denver should kind of be favored. What? You think they should be favored? Well, <laughs> let's, let's, let's look at the last 25 games of the year. I mean, who's yeah. the better team? I mean, they were without Steph for the, those games, though. I mean, that's a big okay, deal. And, and Steph had this great history when he comes back from injuries and he plays really well. Well, that's the hope. That's the that's the real difference maker is if, he, uh, if he's not fully healthy. Steph, it's a, I think his ankle, right? Yeah, it's ankle. And I'm going, that, that affects his shooter. For sure it affects his and, shooter. And I'm a guy that moves all over the place. It affects his shooting. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'm okay with saying that it should be a very close series, and I would rather pick the winner after game two or three. Sure. But um, the home court is a value that the first two games uh, Golden State's going to have to protect. If they protect, I think they're in a good place. If they lose one, I think it's going to be a real good series. So what is your – do you have just a – I know you can change it. We're going to do this again, I'm sure, here very shortly, but <clears> – <throat> I think Golden State in six or seven. Okay. I'm leaning. I'm going to probably give my. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I want to pick Denver in six. Denver in six. Nuggets in six. Well, there you go. I'm going to take. I'm leaning more towards Warriors in six, but we'll. I I, I reserve the right. I have 48 hours to really finalize my film study on this one and feel. Jordan Poole to me is a huge X factor. I'm very curious to see if if he has a good series or not. He's He's going to have a good one and he's going to have a bad one. Well, he might have both. And I want you to know, Paul hurt them a little bit in the second half season trying to be a, a superstar. Really? Try to be I a little too much? A little, little, he got a little outside the box of what Golden State usually does. It's that thing that to be a confident volume shooter, you have to always be ready to shoot. But 
always when you pull the trigger is different when you have Steph and Clay and everybody healthy yeah, than when you don't. And it's difficult, I think, as a player mentally to know like how how much do I turn the dial to be ready to shoot. So um, that'll be interesting. Let's bounce around the NBA real quick because I just want to ask you here um, some of these other ones. First of all, Clippers. You got tonight. You got New Orleans, San Antonio. Do you have a, a feel a sense of who you think will win that matchup? <clears throat> I think New Orleans has more talent, and I think San Antonio has better better preparation. Uh, I'm rooting for San Antonio. Okay. Then the Clippers, either of those teams have a shot against the Clippers? I don't think so. So Clippers are probably the eight. Paul George has played some really – he didn't play great last night. But I thought some – I saw a different Paul George the last couple games of – this, this this season, I thought he was passing it better. Yeah, not forcing it. Last night he went back to that volume game. I think Paul George, if he can be a playmaker, a little more of a triple double guy, I think L.A. Clippers uh, wins wins that one. So if you have Suns Clippers, is this even a matchup? I mean, Suns are really good. Mm, I think it's a matchup. I think I think Clippers can get a game, maybe two. Okay. Um. But Phoenix, I think, is focused on a mission a little bit. They're the real deal, and they definitely They're have that look. They're the one team that thing. looks they have a face of a champion right now. Yeah, I agree. That's a good way to put it. Um, Memphis, Minnesota. You laughed at the, you scoffed at the <clears throat> idea that Charles would pick Minnesota. Well, I think Memphis is really good, so I'm not. I, I don't. Minnesota grew up a little bit last night, but it was just a little bit. I mean. It's not even close to what they're going to meet, and I don't. Minnesota has, to me, other than the Denver games, I don't think they've played very well on the road. Right, right. They played pretty well here. Yeah, they got up for it. The last couple games, they played really well here. Hey, Memphis is tougher. A lot. I think if you think about last night, Pat Bev was tough. Anthony Edwards made some tough shots. You know that showed some of this. Maybe, you know, resolve, mental resolve or what have you. But I don't know the rest of that team is tough the way that, I mean, I'm pretty sure Carl Anthony Towns is not. And they're going to have to be tough to beat Memphis because Memphis is tough. To me, that's a mentally tough team. They're young, but they're, they're, they're not afraid to swing at every chance. Me- Memphis is cocky and confident. And the 20, whatever the record is, 22 and 2 without Jaw. Yeah. That's Something pretty, like that. That's pretty damn impressive. That's pretty good. That's yeah. pretty damn impressive. Utah and Dallas, and now we know Luca has this calf injury. He might not even play in Game One. If he does, it might be very limited. So that changes this series quite a bit. What, what way do you lean? I'm, I'm leaning Utah on that, just because of the injury and just there's an there's an energy to Luca that damn good player. Don't get me wrong, but his energy this year to me has been a little bit negative. Entitled, maybe? Yeah, that's a good word. I like that word. He's an interesting one because he's so good. I mean, he did, of course, get the 15 technicals. He actually got 16, but one of them they rescinded, so he almost got suspended a game. Um, I can see it. Do you like these ball-dominant? I mean, Jokic has kind of become ball-dominant, to be honest with you, maybe even more than I like, albeit out of necessity this year, I think. But Dallas is one of those teams that has everything they do is through him, and it makes it so that if you have a calf strain – does the team know who they are without him in a way that they might have to find out on the fly here against Utah? 
Well, I think the trade they made was a very good trade. I think Dinwiddie has given them another guy that can create. They have Brunson, Dinwiddie, and 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 uh, Doncic. So they they have enough guys that can create when Doncic is now not playing. Um, I I like Dallas the second half of the season, but I if if uh, Luca is as hurt as I, they're kind of making it out like he's might not even play in game two. Um, and then I think Utah real, responds in a positive way and goes out and gets it. Interesting. I don't know about Utah's the one I just don't know about. I just don't buy that team. They're good, but they're not great. Um, Boston and Brooklyn. I'm rooting for Boston. You're rooting for him, but how do you feel like it'll go? I think Boston wins that series. I think Boston wins in five. I think I think Marcus Smart is going to be the. I mean, I think Marcus is going to get after Kyrie, and Kyrie's then the crazy of Kyrie might come up. Right. When he's good, he's as fun to me as any player in the NBA. Just because I love, like, I know what he is as like a decision maker or this or that. I just love his footwork. I love the technical aspect of the game and how he does it. To me, I'm just, I appreciate it just so much. And I know it's not all of basketball. It's just a portion of it. But he's mastered that part, and I love yeah, it. Yeah, last night was pretty impressive. <laughs> pretty impressive. I mean, the, the wide variety of moves he used, the wide variety of shots he took, and then he made but it who 12. was covering him? I know. Uh, look. Of course. I mean, there was not a man. George. There wasn't a mean guy on the Cleveland team. George, I've played basketball, though, for 100,000 hours in my life. And I, I can't do that in an empty gym, what he did. So that's why you're right that there weren't great defenders on him. But I just still have this appreciation for how do you make some of the off-balance shots he does. And he makes it look so easy. And I just I watch him and I go, I know how hard that is to do. I appreciate that. I actually think he's gotten more fundamental. He's so fundamentally his, his, his off-balance stuff. He's gotten under control a little bit better. He's never off balance. He, his balance is supreme. Right. It's incredible. Uh, Milwaukee, Chicago. Why did Chicago fall down? Well, they Injuries? lost their player. Yeah, yeah, Lonzo Ball is such a good player. Caruso is such a good defender. I just Lonzo, to me, was the connector. He connected that team, right. offense and defense. Uh, I think Chicago might scare them a little bit, but I think Milwaukee gets it done. And Milwaukee, if they're smart, they'll get it done quick. I think that is a four-game series. I were. I think that one might be the biggest sweep in the in the playoffs. Last one for you: Philadelphia, Toronto. I love this Ooh. one. It's my favorite series of the first round, outside of Denver, of course. I don't trust Philadelphia. Me neither. I don't trust them. So I'm going Toronto. Me too. We're both taking the upset here, Toronto. I think this will be a very frustrating series for the My Philadelphia. My son is mad at me right now. It's, oh, no. Oh, no. That's right. You're going against the, the, the program here. Um, Miami is going to play Atlanta or Charlotte or Cleveland. Do any of those teams have a chance against Miami? Not, not to win the series, but you know, Atlanta, I think, could go and maybe make some noise because of what they did last year. Uh, <clears throat> You know, someone's going to have to cover Trey Young. Trey Young's legit. You know, he, he has a great influence on the game. He's got to be covered. He's got to be considered, you know, that, that guy that can dominate a series. And But I think I think Miami will find that guy. Do you, um, do you like Trey as a player? No. What is it you don't like about him? He's ball dominant, too. I mean, the ball's always in his hands. 
you know, I think it just goes back to my roots of guys like that guy should have to earn that opportunity. And he still doesn't earn it. With his defensive effort is mm. average at best. You have to always cover for him, not just yeah. because he's so small, but the effort as well. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's getting better with the effort, but it's still, you know, I, I would want more team orientation, more balance orientation. Last one is some people don't, you know, I think Yoke's is back-to-back MVP. We've seen a lot of the votes have already come in. He has a huge lead of people that have made their ballots public. So I think he's going to win in a landslide. What does it mean, in your opinion, for him? You called, you said he could be a top 10 player of all time. Nobody's saying that. You're the only guy saying that right now. But I think when you become a two-time MVP, all of a sudden when you start to say, hey, is he going to be a top 20? Like, does, is it... What's it going to take hey, for him to be? It's consistent? not on Jokic now. It's on the Denver Nuggets. They got to win. They got to win a championship. Yeah. To be top ten, he's got to win a championship. Yeah. But what I mean, what else does it mean that he's a two-time? Well, it just doesn't yeah. happen very often. It's rare. The t- number of two-time MVPs are better. Mm-hmm. A very, very low number of players. I, I'm just marveling at how easy he makes a hard game look. I mean, that's the one. That I go. He looks like he doesn't even play hard sometimes. He just oh this. You know, it's and it's a simple game. It's not complicated. It's not. It's got it's got more athletic and skill to it than people think it does. But sure. I'm not. I think the game is a joy to him. He enjoys playing it. He's damn good at it, and he's getting better at it. Yeah. What a, what a wonderful story we have here in Denver. I know. That's that's great. That's good stuff, guys. That wraps it up for this week. Nuggets obviously in action on on Saturday. We're going to be back with a regular DNVR Nuggets show. And also check out all of the great stuff George Carl is doing at Truth Plus Media. Uh, anything in the pipeline right now that you want to promote? Anything specific? I don't know if Brett is. Uh, we have a football one coming up. Yeah. On the on the Broncos. On the Broncos. Yeah, with Ryan Harris. What's it called? We'll have to keep it out. We'll we'll keep it out. I'm sure we'll read it. I think it's it. coming soon. Okay. It might. Yeah. I don't know when, but I. It's going to be with Ryan Harris, and and uh, I think it's going to be really good. Awesome. Uh, and then uh, hit that like button on the way out. Don't forget, this is also a podcast. So if you ever miss this as a live show, don't don't worry. You can always catch it. Keeping it 1,000 podcast with Adam and George Carl. Have a good one, everybody.